on TV, online, on Chante. Oh, 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 oh. This is EPT Not Live. Hello, my babies, and welcome to EPT Not Live. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. I am in England, and I am going commando. I packed really light for this trip. I'm here for 48 hours, and I forgot to pack underwear. Whoops. <laughs> Uh, coming up on today's show, Shirtcage Heat number five is over. And how about that cliffhanger, huh? That led into uh, last night's episode. So many people were furious about that. People were angry, but I uh, guess what? They all came back and watched the next one. Oh, yeah. And uh, that leads us to today's guest, Gail Garcia Diaz. She'll be on the show a little bit later. James just got back from somewhere doing something. Hopefully he'll be able to tell us something about it. He's making a face like he can't. Yeah, good luck with that. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, I just got back from Los Angeles where I visited for the first time ever the Magic Castle. Is that where Harold and Kumar went? No, no. They went to White Castle. You dummy. I'm finally going to talk about the London School of Economics. And of course, later in the show, Superfan versus Stapes. But I would be remiss if I did not introduce my work wife, Mr. James Hardigan. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What and does remiss mean? Can you tell me that? Basically, it means you'd be a dingus if you didn't do it. Aha! Remiss. Is that a is that an anti-woman slur? No. Like being a miss is bad? No. Okay. I'm going to stop using it then. Just stop being a dingus. Uh, lots of great tweets about last week's show. Jake Viscannon says, love the episode. The game with Corey was hilarious, along with the secret agent superfan. Remember Michael Young, who claimed to be working in some college somewhere, but all we could hear were like people being beaten senseless Pe- people in People doing karate noises. Yeah, there was a lot of karate happening in the background. Uh, Mike Shumka says, I know you discussed the World Series of Poker main event, but it brought back memories of vacuum store salesman Donald Key. Lulz. I have no idea what Mike is talking about. So back in the day, I used to do this podcast. Uh, I've done several podcasts over the years. And originally, there was this one called uh, The Circuit, which Card Player put out years ago, which sort of is what put me and my buddy Scott Huff on the map. And Huff used to do this character called Donald Radio Shock Jock Donald Key. And therefore, his name would be Donkey. Donkey. <laughs> and he would come on the air and do these sort of predictions and the only joke i remember specifically is really funny is there's one year the world series of broker final table had um this guy named lee child lee childs or something was at the final table and and lee watkinson and so i was like what do you think of lee watkinson he's like there's only one lee in my book and that's lee child and he would just do all these crazy little sort of predictions and and goofy things it's actually really cool that mike remembered that it was a really funny character uh, Rob Hawks was a fan of the show. It says that it was topped off with a wonderful gesture from Joe helping out Andy Gibbons. Hashtag legend. Well, recap on Andy Gibbons, by the way. Andy Gibbons wrote to me privately and said that he, you know, he's like, look, it was my fault. It was a really nice gesture. I don't, I do not accept. Uh, I hope it's not rude, but I hope that uh, either you'll donate it to charity or take the boys out for a beer in Prague. Uh, with the money you're going to spend, which, you know, I'm a not that I'm taking the money away from charity. I'm a fairly active donator to charity in general, and I'm fairly active in taking James and Matt Broughton out for beers. <laughs> so I will find a way to donate that money to either of those causes one way or the other. Uh, you might remember Sam as a relatively new listener to EPC Not Live, discovered the podcast a few weeks ago and has been playing catch up. He's finally up to date. Just listen to episode 26. So Sam is now with us in real time. Uh, Mr. McGee says they used your theme music in an episode of Mysteries at the Monument. This is season three, episode 12, 50 minutes into the show. They use the Eeps You Not Live theme to establish Hawaii. Poker in Hawaii? Now, the weird thing is, I don't think our theme music is particularly Hawaiian. The banana, I think it can be whatever. I think it's it's malleable theme music. I think it could be, uh, you know, maybe it wouldn't go so great over like a Holocaust documentary. Yeah. Other than that, it's pretty. See, here's the thing with library music, Mr. McGee, is that podcasts and cheap TV shows can't afford to use proper music. So we all have to share the same imitation tracks available on various websites around the world. It's so funny. Speaking of like old things I used to do in poker, I used to do this thing at the World Series years ago called The Series. And it was like a fake news show based on what had happened the day before the World Series. And our theme music for that, 
I've seen in tons of movies. In the movie Tropic Thunder, they do like a fake news segment and it uses the same exact yeah. theme. It's always kind of bizarre. And also reminds you that not only is your show budget, but sometimes big movies are too. Uh, Simon Baker, not the mentalist, says, while everyone else was on the edge of their seats to find out if Corey made that call on Shark Cage, I'm excited to find out about Joe's talk at the London School of Economics. Yeah, we're going to get to that a little bit later in the show. Um, I did want to get to... uh, um, It was a slow week for telling people to eat big old piles of shit on social media. (laughs) Or maybe there was just too many people to name this week. But we did have Idiot of the Week. Um, I feel bad for this guy calling him Idiot of the Week. But unfortunately, last night, so I was watching Shark Cage last night. And I just happened to have the EPT live hashtag up on my computer. And epipo81 tweeted in using the EPT live and hashtag kid poker last night saying, I'm a huge poker stars fan. I would love to win tickets. And he's referring to a contest we ran on EPT live like three weeks ago. He's like responding to something we did live on the air. Like it like two to three weeks ago, right? This is at EPIPO81, Tony, yeah. right? Who also direct messaged at EPT Live <laughs> to say, I had a great time at the Real Sports Bar on August the 2nd. I love EPT Live. And here is a picture of me with Kid Poker. I mean, does he not, He should also say something like, I have no concept of space and time. That would be an interesting person. Do you think that he would even show up on the right day? <laughs> If we sent him tickets, he's applying to win a prize for a premiere that happened last year. I mean, how does it like is is this that easy to do? Let's think about it. Let's get an E-Pippo's head for a second. If I was watching, first of all, I would never watch a replay. And I would like I would never spend 12 hours watching a final table replay. Anyway, well, I guess it's only four hours, right? Did you know how to respond to this guy who said, um, before we get back to the program, why 11-hour day five and four-hour cards up? You guys work 14 hours anyway. No, DM me if needs to be a secret from PokerStars Fat Cat. Like, Because you don't know how long it's going to take. It's the proverbial piece of string. How long is a poker tournament going to play out for? How long is the final table going to be? I mean, we've established a situation now where we play down to six on the penultimate day and play down from six to a winner on the final day. Let's look at a couple of examples. Uh, Prague last season and Malta this season, we got down from six to one in like three or four hours. Look at Malta last season. The first time we went to Malta in March, how long did it take them to get from six to a winner? I distinctly remember going to bed at seven in the morning. I also remember not going to bed at all that night. Yeah, I don't know. I but my real question for this guy is why? Like why do you care? Like well, I don't understand. What like why? In a way I envy these people because it means they don't actually have any genuine problems or concerns. I have so much shit going around in my head right now. I am stressed to the eyeballs and yet somewhere in some corner of the planet someone can worry about trivia. And I respect that and I'm slightly envious of that. I did have I did have one social media beef that I guess I'll get to right now this week, and that's uh, it has to do with the Magic Castle story. So I went to Los Angeles uh, this weekend. I realized that uh, I've been paying for storage space in LA. I thought I was only gonna be gone from LA for a year, so I got this storage space like two hundred fifty bucks a month, and I did the math on how long it's how much it's cost me to keep. So this. you moved out of LA end of what twenty twelve. Uh, at the at the end of yeah exactly like November 2012. So it's pretty much been three years. Yeah. So at two fifty a 30, month, thirty six times two fifty is like ten grand. Gross. It's like a lot of money. I've been spending to like hold a hundred and fifty dollar IKEA dresser <laughs> and like a bunch of fucking bowling trophies. So I went back to LA for the weekend to try to clear some stuff out um, and see if I could either get rid of that storage space or reduce it. And so the very uh, Maria Ho is from LA and we had been talking about how I was going to be there. And she's like, let's hang out in LA. Have you ever been to the magic castle? And I'd never been to the magic castle. And if you guys, it's a thing that a lot of people don't even know it exists. You're going to have to tell me what the magic castle is it's because I have no awesome. idea what you're talking you guys, about. Do you guys in there know what it is? It's amazing. It's a, it's a members only bar in Los Angeles where magicians hang out. 
And so it's this big mansion up in the Hollywood Hills that you have to know somebody to get in. And then you get let in. There's no cameras, no photography, no phones at, at, at all allowed in the place. And there's like four or five different theaters where there are magic shows going on all night. And there's magic happening at the bar and the bartenders do magician do magic. And it's this really old school Hollywood hangout. Like you walk in there and it's like you walked into a place from the 1940s. It's really fucking cool. It's very exclusive. Um, and so Maria Ho hooked this up for for me and a bunch of my friends to go. Cool. We had a blast. You got guys doing up close magic. You got guys doing like, um, you know, stage magic. There was a, ventri- a couple of ventriloquists there. There was a, a mentalist there. Uh, this, this couple who basically... Um, my buddy Sam got called on stage and they told him all the stuff that was in his wallet. They told him like what one of the receipts was for in his wallet and how much to the exact penny. I mean, some really cool stuff goes on at the magic castle. Maria Ho didn't show up. She was sick. She had the flu. So we actually didn't get to hang out with Maria had a great time, but I ended up getting in this social media beef with someone and James, I'm no stranger to making the occasional misogynistic comment, sometimes by accident. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes on purpose because I think it's funny. But something that really upset me over this event was that one of my dear friends, Heidi, posted a photo of us and just said, you know, I love Joe so much. He's one of my closest friends in the world. And two separate people on two different social media platforms posted something about me being friend zoned. They're just trying to be funny. I know it's not funny. It's a lame attempt at humor, but I don't think there's anything malicious in their intent. But this is something that, like, I would understand, like, if I was a teenager or if this were something that, that, but like, and this guy ended up apologizing, but like, I don't understand the, and look, and I, I understand very little about feminism. Okay. Like I'm, I struggle with it. There's, we've had conversations where I'm like, is this really a big deal? So for me to think that something is a big deal I think when you take into account the persona that you project in the public arena, I don't think it's that unsurprising because you basically play the role to a larger or greater extent of a bit of a womanizing playboy who's unlucky in love. Sure. And so I get that. I get it. I think part of it was that it was sort of attacking my friend also. So I can I can handle the comments i know where you're coming from you're basically saying is why do we have to assume that every time there's a guy and a girl together it has to lead to sex why can't or, you just have friends or, right does it like is, but I, is I every relationship invalidated because i don't put my penis in someone no, does that I, make it i think it comes down to the fact of who you are the image you portray which isn't necessarily the real you part of joe stapleton the tv character is not the real joe stapleton therefore that's why you get that kind of response I don't think it's that funny. I don't think it's that clever, but I can kind of understand where they're coming from. And as I said at the start, I don't think there's anything malicious about it. And it's certainly not intended to insult you or your friend. Well, I would like, I would just like to change people's perception out there and just get rid of that as a thing. Like if I was like uh, complaining about this particular situation, like, oh, I'm in love with this girl and she wants nothing to do with me. And then people want to respond that way. Fine. But like, I don't know. It's one of those few things that I just feel the need to like try to be a social vigilante occasionally and just be like yo this is not cool like do not do not treat people this way anyway that's all the soapbox i'm gonna have for this week before we move on from social media before we move on from twitter specifically you did set our audience a little bit of a challenge last week yeah a quiz regarding who you voted for to enter the poker hall of fame yeah nobody got it oh nobody got it so here's my question to you james do we do we let it roll? Do we uh, give? Do we make it a little easier, or do I just tell people what the answer was and just be like, nobody got it? Here's what the answers were. Uh, I'm going to go with the final option because you I wanna... don't think this really has legs to carry on. No, for I don't think week. so either. It wasn't really very well thought out, was it? Let me uh, <laughs> let me pull up. Let me pull up what my actual answers were, just so I get it right and I don't screw anyone over. Let's see. I sent it to Seth Polanski. Uh, Stapes. Okay, here's who I voted for. Uh, so there was Chris Bjorn, David Chu, Bruno Fatusi, Jennifer Harmon, John Juwanda, Carlos Mortensen, Max Pescatore, Terry Rogers, Matt Savage, and uh, Devilfish. I gave uh, three votes to Jen Harmon, three votes to John Juwanda, and four votes to Carlos Mortensen. And uh, there are a lot of people out there saying there's there's too many Americans in there. Carlos Mortensen, not American. Carlos Mortensen is uh, South American, I believe, somewhere. He's Spanish. Is he Spanish? Okay, yep. there you go. He's European. Done. Um, every, pretty much everyone who guessed, by the way, included Devilfish uh, in their guesses. 
And I just did they listen to last week's show? Yeah, I don't. I don't even know why. Like I, I, I mean, we haven't really talked that much about this, except that like I think that Devilfish certainly belongs in the Poker Hall of Fame at some point. But just it's going to take at least for me as a voter a while to remember what a dickhead he was. I mean, he was kind of a douche. I think Devilfish has done tons for poker and the poker industry. I'm just not ready to vote him into the Poker Hall of Fame just yet. But it is nice to know that I think Jen Harmon, um, actually, James, you remember the, the statement that I made. I actually stole your joke for Twitter um, when I was trying to uh, come up with, <laughs> everyone's like upset about the fact that there are no Europeans in the Poker Hall of Fame. Well, I'm just upset about the fact that they're letting in women. I mean, come on. Just to prove that was a joke, three of my 10 votes went to Jennifer Harmon, nearly a third of my votes or. Yeah, almost a third of my votes went to a woman. So, yeah, so we're going to put that contest to bed. I'll come up with something else in the next couple of weeks. Uh, while we're going over stuff that we talked about last week, yeah. the World Series, I did finally watch yes. the interview uh, with Neil Blumenfeld. Oh, my God, how good is that? I feel like we probably, I assume, since we don't own it, we can't play it back. No. But that was just so... I think that's my favorite thing ever in poker is his exit interview with Kara. It's also one of those interviews where if you played the audio, you don't really get the real sense of That's how true. stressed out Kara was, how she's looking around for help. Someone's cleaning her ear saying, shut him up. Someone else is like giving the signal, move on, move on. We're going to get the heads up battle started. Like, yep, yep, yep. As he's going down like the 28 names on this bit of paper that he wants to say thank you to. It was almost like I, he was like one step away from grabbing the microphone, like just, just to make sure she couldn't move. Like you stay right here, honey. I got some more to say. So funny. But it was coming from a place. I think in the beginning he was shilling a little bit. Like I think some of it was like a little like, eh, let me let me like stroke everybody. But then yeah. it, it seemed to really be coming from a place of just he obviously was appreciating the situation he was in more than most other people do in that situation. And I appreciate that. But yeah. it's amazing. I recommend checking it out. Um so last week, one last thing here in this uh, in this top segment here. Last week, uh, I I uh, had to do some personal stuff behind the scenes here uh, during while we were recording this week's episode of Shark Cage. I was having some banking problems. I um so the bank here, the banks here, I've never experienced it before. I'm sure it's lots of places, but the banks here in the UK, they give you like this little code key. I don't know what you call it, like a basically like the decoder ring from. Uh, from a Christmas story. It's weird because like the, the, my bank, for example, has like a, a smartphone app. So that's how... This is things like to generate security codes and PIN numbers, right. right? So I have a smartphone app that does it, but some banks give you something that looks like my first calculator, yes. like a child's toy that you get in a Christmas cracker, something which looks so unstable that you know it's going to break within months, if not weeks. Well, that is exactly what happened, although it did last me about two years. Uh, but it broke, and you basically need this thing to do anything, including... <laughs> so you know how your your app sends you like a code or whatever, right? Yeah. You need the key card to switch over to the app. So like the first time I went, I was like, hey, I went into a bank, and I was like, yeah, my, my key card's broken. I need another one. They're like, we're all out of them. Just use the app. And I was like, you need the key card to tell it to use the app, <laughs> you fucking jackasses. That is called a catch-22, my friend. Oh, and also, while I'm on the subject, fuck banks. Fuck banks. Because I went to go to the bank, and the bank hours was like 10.30 to 4.30. It's my fucking money. What are you doing while you're open for six hours? You're open for six goddamn hours? When did this suddenly become a political polemic? Fuck banks, man. It's bullshit. I actually have a, a, a postscript to this particular story. Uh, I mentioned a few weeks ago that I'm having building work done at the moment, which is one of the things that's kind of stressing me out a little bit. And obviously every week I have to make regular payments to the builders. Now, if you want to take out substantial amounts of money from your bank account, and just to be clear, this is your money you gotta you call them in advance account. though right yeah you have to warn them in advance and when they say uh so what is this transaction for um it's to take money out of my account wait th yeah, you, have but, to, you have to give them a reason but what will you be using the money for and here's my argument when you ask that question does anyone actually say oh i'm financing terrorism i'm laundering money for the russian mob i'm having my wife killed i mean if anyone was using this service for nefarious purposes, they're not going to admit it to some call center operator. I mean, is it just 
Is it more like for their records, like just sort of they know what sorts of things people are doing or are they actually trying to catch people? I think it's because they have to comply with anti-money laundering laws and, and, and other... So fucking stupid. Here's what I'm going to do with the money. I'm going to throw a giant fucking party at you asking me this question. <laughs> but yes, it is amazing. The number of hoops, the number of hurdles presented in front of you when you want to get at your own money. But when you did this, didn't you go, didn't they give you like a bunch of $5 bills or five pound notes? Didn't you have to walk out with like a fucking bag full of money with a dollar sign on it? Like you had, just robbed the place? Then you had 10s and 20s, so I had like this massive stack of small so notes. Stupid. But the thing is, you have to set up a password, right? And I'm calling from the office. What is on my desk in the office? The Superman that Wait, Griffin Benger exactly. gave Exactly. So they go... What can you can you give us a keyword? I went, um she goes, just 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 pick a word. Um Superman. So I go into the bank, like, can I have your keyword, please? Superman. You sound like such a dick. You know what I would have been saying Superman to a bank teller. My password would have been this is a hold up. <laughs> <laughs> TV recap. Oh, the moment that everyone had to wait a whole seven days for. The conclusion of Heat 5 of Season 2 of Shark Cage, a cliffhanger that a lot of people thought was amazing and some people were just downright angry about. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not your typical viewer, but I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Before we get to the cliffhanger, I paid real close attention. I wasn't recording it, but we talked last week how they do that little lead-in. The continuity announcement. Dude, this was the on Channel worst 4 in the fucking UK. ever. Like, this is... It's like... It's seriously such an afterthought that they must do this. Like, this is how it goes. How will the cards fall for the poker stars? That that <laughs> was their lead-in. Not like Don Cheadle's on the show coming up next. Hot chick with a midriff exposed. Someone's on their way to win. How will the cards fall for the poker stars? I can't remember if I've told this story on this show, so apologies if you've heard this one before. But during the first season of Shark Cage, which generally airs at midnight in the UK. At 1am, Channel 4 was showing highlights of UFC games. What are they fighting in UFC? An a cage. Yeah, oh, a cage. It's right. cage fighting, yes. right? So, as a continuity announcer, this is a gift. You've basically got a program called Shark Cage followed by people fighting in a cage. This, no word of a lie, was how the continuity announcer did it. Coming up in an hour, fighting from inside the cage in UFC highlights. Before that, it's poker stars. <laughs> God, they just don't care. Like, they just can't even make, like, I would agree with you. Like, take some pride in your work, right? Like, make it a little clever. My God, I think that's an awesome job, by the way. The first time I heard, we don't do that in America, really. I, they definitely don't do it anymore. I'm trying to remember if they did it when I was a kid, and I think maybe they did. That's like a fun job. The funny thing is there are some channels, and I'm pretty sure that a lot of like the uh, cable and satellite movie channels, like they record a lot of this stuff BBC in advance. BBC Three does it, does, a, does it fun. And sometimes the automation system fucks up. Oh, really? And you're watching a movie, and suddenly the bit that's meant to come over the credits comes halfway through the movie. Like, premiering next month on Sky Movies, your chance to see Bradley Cooper's like, Shut up! It's in the middle of a scene! That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I think BBC Three takes a little pride in it. But yeah, Channel Four is what was really brutal last I, night. I imagine most people listening will either have caught up on uh, All Four, which is Channel Four's on-demand service, or if you're anywhere else in the world, you need to go to youtubecom pokerstars to see Antonio Esfandiari. Spoiler alert: win his seat yeah. in the Shark Cage final. Was there ever any doubt it was going to be Antonio? Uh, some people. Varun were confident that Natalie Hoff was going to win this heat. Why? I don't know. Oh, just for no reason. He just tweeted us. What did he say? When's it going to be up on Poker Stars YouTube channel? It's usually up by Wednesday morning. I don't know, Varun. I don't fucking know. I, I just fucking give me five goddamn minutes, Varun. Just fucking five minutes. Please. God damn it. He needs like a bat phone where he can just pick up and like and just fucking automatically be piped into my brain or your brain. He this kid needs so much attention. It was, we've created a monster. He's a he's an absolute 
Monster. Anyway. Other people tweeted about Shark Cage. Yeah. Daniel thought that Antonio versus Don Cheadle was a great heads-up battle, but Don he's Cheadle. really looking Don forward Cheadle. to seeing next week's heat with Phil Ivey and Sean Astin of Goonies slash Lord of the Rings fame. I actually... Okay, so when we voice the shows, they're not always totally done, or sometimes I just leave as soon as my part's over. So I didn't get to see... The coming up next week. I can't remember if it wasn't done yet or if I was just like, see you guys, I'm out of here. Door slam, plane taking off. Um, I was like really pumped, really pumped. And the thing is, I know what happens in the heat, but I don't, I know the end, but I don't know anything with like any of the details of it. So I'm really excited to do that. We're doing those tomorrow, right? We're doing... Yes. I'm so... Uh, I love having the chance to commentate on Ivy. It doesn't happen that often, so I'm pretty excited about that. I did have a couple of things about last night's show I wanted to talk sure. about. Um, there's the one hand where Gail gets paid by Antonio. She gets she gets paid off. Is it just me? Can you just not picture Antonio in the cage at all? Like, I don't I don't think he was ever going to go in the cage or no the matter box, what. the box, as he keeps referring to it. I don't want to go in the box. Yeah, I just think he's just one of those guys that's so cool. Like, it's just never going to happen for His him. instincts are amazing. And yeah. You see that throughout both episodes, 9 and 10. Uh, it was really brutal for Corey when he had Ace Queen uh, when he was in the cage and Natalie moved all in with the 8-7 um, and Antonio. Antonio, they still would have chopped, I guess, right? Because a straight came out on the board or no? it was with No, the, it's, Corey would have lost that. Corey would have lost. Well, it would have played out differently because as Antonio said, you would have moved, you know, I would have been out of the way. It would have, you know, it's, it's. I just did. I did notice two things. Now we talk about this sometimes. Two things that got cut out after the fact. One thing I knew was going to get cut. Well, both things I knew were going to get cut out. But just as a little sort of brief, too hot for TV for you guys. Does this constitute too hot for TV? Sure. Why not? Well, not the first thing, but the second thing does. The first thing is that remember when Natalie goes broke and I start crying. I'm like, no. <laughs> but you literally fake cried through her entire VT to the point where by the end of it you were actually crying. Yes. That got cut out of the show, which I was pretty sure wasn't going to make it, but I was hoping. I was just hoping that it would get On left what in. what planet would that have made the edit? would have been hilarious. You if couldn't I... hear anything she was saying. Oh, <laughs> To be fair, it wasn't super interesting anyway what she was saying. Let's, <laughs> let's be honest, okay? I think me crying over it would have been an addition to it. But I did notice we could do a little we could do a little too hot for TV. Too hot for TV. What did you say? What did you do that didn't make the final well, edit? you know what it was because we had a brief argument about it and you guys, you're more than, you can argue the same side now that you did then, which I ultimately agreed with. I was just sort of more messing around. I think even the setup for it got cut out, which is as the last card's being dealt, Antonio goes, keep it little, keep it black. And I was like, what? Don's like five foot eight. <laughs> No, he said little black. He said little black. He goes little black. And I was like, well, come on, Don's five foot eight. And everyone in the room laughed and everyone was like, but we can't use it. And I was like, but it's not racist. It's just Don is five foot eight and black. And everyone just. And what argument did I use? I agree with you. Unfortunately, there'll be some doofus out there who will take offense and you'll be dealing with loads of social media backlash, giving you more content to talk about at the start of next week's podcast. Yes, absolutely. So. You guys got to hear the joke here in you know here on the podcast, whatever. I'm sure someone will still think it's racist because I said the word black and I'm a white person, but whatever. Everyone here, I agree with the decision. I just had to put up a little bit of a fight just to be like, well, guys, think about it. I didn't really say anything bad. And they were like, we agree. It's not going in the show. Couple more tweets in reaction to the latest episode of Shark Cage. Uh, Iklas was gutted to see Gal Garcia Diaz go out. It just had to be bloody Antonio, didn't it? And Danny said that Gail played like a true star, loved watching her game, and you can't beat having a beauty at the table. I totally agree. Actually, before we bring Gail on, I have a really funny story about the first time I ever met Gail, and I don't think that I have ever told this, at least on this show. And it was at PCA. A couple of years ago, it was before I was on tour, even, I think. I was just in talks, I think, to do the NAPT at the time. Well, that would have been the 2011 PCA. Yeah, it was while I was doing Big Game, but it was before I was doing EPT. And I was in the media room at the PCA because I was doing a podcast at the time. I was doing the Poker Road podcast. I was a guest on that show. Yeah, man. That was those were fun times. It was really fun doing that doing that show. I loved having you as a guest cuz I could just sit back and do nothing. <laughs> just 
just pull your string and let you go. Um, some of them, and and this girl walks in and she's fucking stunning. Like she's just an absolute knockout, like ten out of ten, and she seems lost. And this is a time in my life where, well, I guess it's any point in my life where I have no problem just approaching people who look like this. And I was like, hey, can I help you? And she said, uh, yes, I'm looking for Bram. Now, Bram, I had no idea who Bram was at the time. I had no idea who she was at the time. Now, we later find out that Bram was the, the Belgian country manager and was a big, actually was a big fan of Huff and Stapes at the time, so I should have known who he was. So she says, I'm looking for Bram. Do you know where he is? And I go, lady, I got no idea who that is, but he is sure going to be happy when you find him. And how did she react to this line? Um, I don't think she got it. Gail, you know, obviously English is not her first language. She speaks like Spanish and Flemish and French. Um, And so at the time, I think that her English was was not as good as it is now is partly it. And then also, you know, I'm a creep. So it was probably easy for her to ignore that. But Gail and I did eventually become very good friends. So let's welcome her to the show right now. Gail Garcia Diaz. Hi, Gail. Hi, everyone. Gail, what's up? Well, I'm actually home right now, uh, relaxing and chilling a little bit. What's going on? Did you watch the show uh, th- that you were on, the two shows? I saw you retweeting a bunch of people. Are you one of those people that retweets every compliment you get, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and I try to ignore all the bad ones. You know what I mean? I have a selective rating process. <laughs> Wait, do people say bad things to you? No, actually, to be honest, I had nothing bad about the shark cage. Um, just like just amazing messages about how in love they are with me. <laughs> so everybody wants to marry me. That's amazing. Well, I mean, obviously you're an attractive young lady, but also I think people were impressed with the way you played, and obviously the hand where you put John in the cage. That's kind of uh, doing the rounds on Facebook at the moment and being shared by everyone left, right, and center. Yeah, that was a really good one. That was actually the moment I was waiting for. Um, before I started the shortage, I, I told myself, um, okay, I need to do something. I wanna, I wanna have fun because I think that's also, you know, the whole thing about the show. Um, you cannot just play ABC poker. You need to do something fun. It's a TV show, and and I really wanted to actually bluff John Dutty, and it just worked so well. Like, it was just amazing. It, it's a really good hand to watch, actually, yeah. What did you spend the $2,000 on? Um, to be honest, I um, I actually I bought a table, but I still don't have the chairs. <laughs> Showbiz lifestyle! <laughs> you bought a poker table or you bought like a breakfast nook kind of thing? No, like a real gigantic wooden table for my apartment. It sounds like you could use some furniture in there. It's pretty echoey. It's it's pretty big, yeah. Um, it's I mean I don't know what more to buy, like to to get that echo away. It's you know like whoo whoo carpets. Woo. It's yeah. still there. It's, you, you, um, you need yeah. some carpets, and you need to make sure they match the curtains. Gail, um, what uh, did so have you have you seen the shows? And when you watch them, do you watch them in uh, the like? Do you still do the voiceover for these, or do they just come out in English where you're at now? Or what? How do you how do you view them? Like the Shark Age? Yeah. It's in English. Uh, I don't do the voiceover of the Shark. Like the Shark Age, it's like just the original version uh, with, with you guys. Uh, obviously, I watch the show. Like I watched the first one, but I, I mean, I need to wait for the YouTube version because I don't have Channel 4. So you haven't seen the second one yet. No, Got it. Okay. I haven't seen the second. It's going to be out today, right? I mean, by the time most people are hearing this, Gail, obviously it will be available and I'm sure you'll have seen it uh, very, very soon. But... I mean, you know, because you played the game, it's kind of like you're on this yeah. amazing, amazing kind of upswing. And then there's this one big hand against Antonio where it all kind of turns yeah. around. And, yeah, will, yeah. and then the blinds get big. And then what can you do? It's uh, that format is just like horrible. Uh, once <laughs> you, you, I mean, once you lose it, you're sorry. You're just effed, you know, like the F word. Uh, it's... Um, I, I remember, like, I was playing. We were three-handed. I felt so comfortable. I felt like, whoa, I'm actually going to win this stuff. You know, like that feeling you have. And then I don't remember the hand I called with Jack 4 or Jack something against um, against Don Cheadle. Did I call him or not? 
I don't remember. I know he bluffed me completely with a flush draw, but missed like gigantically. And that's where I think I called him, right? I don't think that hand made the show. Uh, that doesn't sound familiar to me. It although, did. It did make the show oh, because the first somebody show. sent me a screenshot and said like good call and i remember that i i I won a gigantic pot there so i felt after that moment i felt so comfortable and then yeah i i don't actually to be honest i don't really remember uh what went wrong with um antonio sangiari but i know that i lost a gigantic hand and it's just that yeah well there is one hand there's one hand in the most recent show which you may not remember right away only because you haven't watched it and refreshed yourself yet first of all i have to give you a lot of credit because a lot of people go into a show and they're like i'm a big bluffer and they talk a good game and you said that and when i saw you say that i was like yeah whatever we'll see what happens and then you did it you actually did live up to it i thought you played really aggressively um there was a hand where you rivered top pair against antonio and he ended up paying off a value bet. That was in the most recent show. And I pretty I figured that had you not river top pair, you were gonna bluff and you were gonna send him to the cage. Was that your plan? Yeah, absolutely. I was I remember that hand, absolutely. Um I was um planning to do actually a little bit of what I what I was doing with, with John, just like betting big and 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 you need to make them, you know, like they need to make the decision. Like they need to be in that horrible situation. Like, whoa, what, what do I have to do? And I knew that um, during the break, uh, obviously I was talking with Antonio and he was like, damn, you're really good. And I didn't know you could play that good. And he was a little bit scared of me. So when he told me that, I was like, whoa, I need to do something with that. I, I'm not just going to sit there and be scared about, you know, like, oh, I'm playing against one of the best players in the world. No, I don't care about that. Just a guy at my table, and I want another 2K bonus. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I was planned to to bluff him there. But then, I mean, yeah, I just hit top pair. So, uh. I think one thing you've got going for you, Gail, is that even if you're playing against one of the best players in the world, they all still want to have sex with you, which is something that really... <laughs> I, w- I would apologize for this, Gail, but you're well used to it by now. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I know Joe for so many years. And Joe is one Again, of those I apologize. Anyways. Gail, do you remember the first conversation we ever really had? Not the one where I told you that told you that Bram was going to be happy when you found him, but when we were sitting together watching Martin Schleich win in Barcelona and EPT8, do you remember the first thing you ever asked me to do? To massage me, right? That's correct. You asked me to rub your feet. Yeah, and you did it. I did not do it. Yeah, I remember you did it later. I had a big crush that. on Gail for a long time, but luckily I got to know her and that went away pretty quickly. Um <laughs> Okay, one of the things we observed from both this show and the previous show, and we talked to Corey about this last week because he was our guest on Mm -hmm. the show, is what a great vibe there was amongst the six of you. And obviously we talked to Corey about the dinner that followed, the poker game that followed. Yeah. And it's almost like I don't quite know what happened there, why there was this this amazing kind of uh, ability for you all to gel and become a close-knit group of friends so quickly. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, It actually all started you know just even before we were sitting around the table like before the show uh where we got to know each other and obviously I- i've known antonio natalie hoff but i didn't know Corey. i didn't know don Cheadle. i didn't really know you know john Dutty. i've just seen him you know walking around the ept but never really talked to him so the crazy thing is that there were such there was such a positive vibe and it was, I think, I mean, I played the table, but I had so much fun watching the show. Like, you know, most of the time when you've been doing a show, you, you're kind of bored to, to watch it again. I was not at all, like seriously. I just enjoyed it from the, you know, from the very start to the end. And um, we, yeah, we had that amazing dinner afterwards, uh, obviously. And, um, it was just weird. Like Don was there with his wife, Corey with his wife. I was there alone. Uh, Antonio was didn't there alone. Didn't have to be. Didn't have to be alone, Gail. <laughs> now, here's the thing. We've talked about the fact that next week's Heat features Phil Ivey, Sean Astin, Vanessa Selbst, Artem Litvinov. No spoilers. I'm not going to tell you who wins that Heat, but I can tell you that they did not all go out for dinner together when the Heat concluded. Gail, how much was that dinner and who paid for it? Uh, can I say that? Yeah, sure. I don't see why not. Okay, Antonio paid the whole thing, obviously. That's nice. And it was something like 2K, I think. Yes, I love it. That was one bluff bonus chip right there. He just plunked down that little shark tooth, that little shark fin. 
It and was paid yeah, for it. it was a very fancy restaurant, and I mean, we were in Monte Carlo, and Antonio Sfanjari likes expensive stuff. Uh, so uh, yeah, we were not going to McDonald's for sure. But I mean, it's it's amazing. He invited us in one of the most amazing restaurants ever, and we had wine like crazy. Is it wine. is it the same restaurant that you and I went out to dinner in in Monaco? No, 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 it's better. Oh sure, of course it is. Well, my meager TV presenter salary couldn't have. I'm just kidding, Gail. Gail, I want to ask you one question. How's your dog? He's good. What? He's, well, actually, he has some problems with his balls. Oh. Like, yeah, yeah. I like know the testicles. feeling. No, but it, it's, I'm serious. He really has some, some, some balls problems. So he's on medication, on hormonal medication. Because I don't want to, you know, cut his balls off. I want him to be still a man, you know. Well, we'll so have I'm to. I'm trying some hormone. I'll have to compare his his label to mine and see if we're on the same thing. Uh I wanted to play a little trivia game with you, Gail. Now, your what's your dog's name? Ross. And why is he named Ross? Because I love uh, friends. He's as stupid as Ross in Friends. That's right, Gail. So I've got a little trivia game for you. This is uh, Friends Animal Trivia. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. You named your dog Ross, but what did Ross name his pet monkey? Was it A, Marcel, B, Mathieu, or C, Michelle? Marcel! Marcel is... Correct. Number two, what did Joey and Chandler keep as pets in their apartment? Was it a rabbit and a penguin, a swan and a duck, or a chick and a duck? It was, uh, I'm missing between a swan and a duck or a chick and a duck. Uh-oh. I think it's a, a, a chicken and a duck. Correct. Two for two. Woo! Question number four. Hold on. My questions are all out of order. I, I had a different trivia quest, quiz for you first, but I, I check it out. Here we go. Question number four. Chandler has an irrational fear of what animals? Is it A, snakes, B, porcupines, or C, dogs? Uh, dogs. Dogs is correct. Are yeah. we going to go back and do question three now? Question, <laughs> sorry. Question three. In Phoebe's famous song, Smelly Cat, what yeah. question does she ask of Smelly Cat? Does she ask A, where are they keeping you? B, how are they breeding you? Or C, what are they feeding you? What are they feeding you? What are they feeding you? Gail is uh, four for four, right? Wow, yeah. Okay, question number five. They're getting harder now, Gail. What was the name of Rachel's hairless cat? Was it A, W.G. Fluffy Walden, B, Mrs. Whiskerson, or C, Chairman Meow Zedong? Mrs. Whiskerson. Mrs. Whiskerson is correct. Wow. Five now. (laughs) She knows her friend's animal trivia. Here we go. Pat the Dog is the name of that weird ceramic dog you can see on set a lot of the time, mostly in Chandler and Joey's apartment. Joey bought Pat the Dog after landing a role on what show? Was it A, Days of Our Lives, B, General Hospital, or C, One Life to Live? One Life to Live. Wow, she finally missed one. Days of Our Lives. Shit. I was about to ask, if there weren't multiple choice options, do you think you'd still have? Yeah, I I would still know all the rest. Wow. But not that one. Yeah, and I failed anyway. That's okay. Just a couple more to go. I don't think you can lose at this point, though. We've got three more here, so I think at worst you can tie. Okay. Question seven. In the one with the blackout, Ross is attacked by a cat belonging to someone Rachel dates on the show. Did it belong to A, Paolo, B, Barry, or C, Russ? Uh, I think it's Paolo. Paolo is correct. Yeah. Nice job. Uh, What kind of animal was Phoebe's pet Bob? Was it A, a turtle, B, a guinea pig, or C, a rat? A rat. A rat is also correct. One last question, Gail, even though you are 8-0 right now. No, uh, 7-1. Sorry, Mm 7-1. Which quote-unquote pet does Phoebe's boyfriend with the baggy shorts end up showing to most of the gang? Was it his saber-toothed tiger, his sweater kittens, or his trouser snake? Can you ask that again? I <laughs> sure. <have> a question. <laughs> this isn't this isn't really a pet. This is which quote which quote unquote pet does Phoebe Phoebe has a boyfriend that wears baggy shorts? Yeah. 
What does he end up showing to the gang? Was it his saber-toothed tiger, his sweater kittens, or his trouser snake? Oh, his sweater kittens. We're going to call that one incorrect, but that's only because uh, I don't think, Gail, I don't think the, uh, the, the play on words I've used here translates that well into Flemish. His trouser snake. Everyone can see his dick. Everyone can see his dick through the shorts. Oh, uh, yeah, because his, his legs are, like, open, and she knows, like, she finds out, like, everybody's seeing his balls. That stuff. is exactly correct, Gail. It uh, doesn't matter because you crushed the game, Gail. Seven and two. Oh, that's good. So nice job, Gail Garcia-Diaz. And, Gail, let's give you, like, you're in, like, a calendar right now, right? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. My calendar just, just is just out, like, a couple of days ago. All right, so if you want to see the person... That Sorry, I- you, you released a 2015 calendar in November? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a 2016. Oh, thank God for that. I'm not that stupid. <laughs> Gail Garcia-Diaz is not stupid at all. Gail, thanks a lot for being on the show. We appreciate oh, thank it. Thank you, guys. You know I love you so much. We love you too, Gail. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye, guys. Thank bye. you so much. Have fun. We are less than a month away. Fewer than a month away. I always screw that up. From the start of the EPC12 Prague Festival. Uh, Just to recap the dates that will be there. uh, Joe, Matt and I fly into town on Friday the 11th of December. EPT Live is live from Saturday the 12th to Wednesday the 16th of December. Five days of live streaming of the EPC Prague main event at Pokestars.tv. Five free rolls throughout the festival and an additional free roll after the event. Remember what we did in Malta Joe where we had the free roll on our travel day? How did that post-event free roll go? It got close to 29,000 runners. Really? Even on a day we weren't on the air? Because the password was contained within an episode of EPT Not Live. So listen out because in the next couple of weeks on this podcast, we will give you the password for that free roll that will be taking place on the 17th of December, the day after Prague wraps. The password is not Superman. That's the password to get all James's money out of his bank account. <laughs> I have to change it every week, by the way, before you try and impersonate me at a branch. Hello, I'm James Holt again. I'm very stock up, and I would like my money, please, Superman. And knowing the staff at my local bank, they would give you all my money. <laughs> uh, the other They're thing like, to say, nah, he was way too polite. The other thing to say... <laughs> is that we are going to repeat the little experiment we ran in Malta and we will be doing another edition of EPT Not Live at EPT Live. That's right, we're going to record the podcast on location in Vision once again. I've got a couple of ideas for this. Now, I I ran them past Francine. She likes them both. And she said that I could tease them on the air if I wanted, but I don't know. We got two more shows between now and then, so maybe I'll just save those teases for the first shows in December. I like it. Now, being nearly December, uh, satellites that are running for EPC Prague, should you wish to play the main event, try and qualify and uh, get a holiday in the Czech Republic just before Christmas. But the Christmas festival on PokerStars is already underway, even though we're only in mid-November. This started a couple of days ago. It's running until the 27th of December. I always like this, by the way. They give There's like Santa comes to tables and stuff in years past. What's the deal this year? I mean, there is... So many great events, so many great giveaways, so much money in guaranteed prizes and extras. But the one I want to highlight is the tournament that will conclude this festival. On the 27th of December, a $5 million guaranteed edition of the Sunday Million with a first prize of at least half a million dollars. And of course, satellites are running or will start running from the beginning of December. You could win your seat in this $5 million guaranteed version of the Sunday Million for just one buck. Can you tell me when that is again? What's the date again? 27th. So the day after Boxing Day, which I think is a Sunday, obviously, because it's the Sunday Million. The 27th. I will not be in a place where I can play the Sunday Million on the 27th. So you're all damn lucky that I'm not available to win that. And this is great timing because not being funny, but I always think those in-between days from like Christmas the days to when New Year. Feet are up. You're watching. Fuck all you're to watching do. Watching reruns of Law and Order, Special Victims Unit. That's what I'm doing. It's all rape all the time. By the way, when I'm visiting my parents, it's just Law and Order, SVU, just rape and molestation. Ten hours a day. I don't know what it is, but this is what me and my parents do together: is just watch. Nothing but horrible sex crimes on television for like three days straight. Why? I have to say, Why? it does explain a certain amount about your <laughs> mental state. 
Anyway, all details of that promotion at PokerStars.com. And of course, satellites to Prague running in the PokerStars client. Just head to the tournaments tab and search EPT. Let's see if we can put one of our audience, an EPT superfan, on their first step of the way towards playing a European Poker Tour main event. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stakes. And this week we say hello to Superfan Dave Goodger. Hi there, Dave. Good morning. What contribution do you make to society? I'm a parts delivery driver for um, a, a German manufacturer, shall we say, yeah, without naming brands. Oh, wait, can we name the brand? Are we not allowed to? It's just oh, a I'm podcast, not, not, right? Oh, oh, yeah, certainly. Oh, Mercedes. Mercedes. Oh, that's nice. You know what? Gail Garcia Diaz, guest on the show today, pretty sure her boyfriend bought her a Mercedes recently. Yeah. I should put you two together. I don't know why. <laughs> See, I no, thought... I'm, I'm on the commercial side, unfortunately, vans and trucks. When you said you were shying away from mentioning the She's brand She's on the name, commercial side too, I think. I was wondering whether you worked for the one that's kind of been in trouble recently. But uh, no, it's no. it's the other one. So yeah. are you in your car right now? Um, I am at the moment, yes. I was, uh, I've just pulled over. James, side. what is that? What is that thing called where people in the UK they they park their cars places and they wait for people to show up and <laughs> the hard shoulder, the hard shoulder? Is that what it's called? I hope not, because did you know that if you park on the hard shoulder, you've basically got an average of one minute twenty two seconds before someone crashes into you and kills you? Really? I learnt that on a speed awareness course. That sounds like a that sounds like the seventy nine percent of statistics that's made up. I've heard the same fact on my speed awareness course as well. Yes. Now, Dave, you have been chosen for this week's edition of Superfan vs. Stapes because you actually picked a specialist subject that I think Joe might actually be a good challenger on. Because recently, people have picked stuff like, well, last week we had like the English Premier League, for example. I mean, he stands, oh, yeah, yeah, fucking love that shit. He stands no <laughs> chance at all. Whereas the Marvel Cinematic Universe is something that he is probably equally geeky about to your good self. Yeah. Now, the other reason I picked it is because I thought, oh, this is easy. I can just ring up Broughton and get him to do all the work because, you know, he's an absolute superhero the, fanboy. The nerve of you, by the way, the gall of you. Well, unfortunately, karma bit me on the ass, and assumption is the root of all evil because Matthew Broughton is on holiday right now and was unable to contribute <laughs> to this week's edition of Superfan vs. Stapes. I apologise in advance that this quiz was cobbled together rather quickly. However, it's a subject that I know a little bit about. I'm, you know, I'm a movie fan. I'm not that necessarily into the Marvel movies, especially the recent ones. I'm going to be honest with you, I'm getting a bit bored of them. But here's my question to you, Dave, as the Marvel superfan. Do the TV shows on Netflix, are they part of the MCU? They're... They're in the same kind of air. I don't think gonna, nothing's crossed over yet. But on the Daredevil one at the back of the newspaper office, there was headlines showing the battle from the Avengers they make, movie. They make reference to the yeah. things happening. I figured that was the case, and I've got to be honest with you. I'm eight episodes in, and I am loving it. It's, it's great, like a right? breath oh, of fresh air. It's really yes, good. Absolutely. But just to be clear, because I wasn't a hundred percent sure. All of these questions relate to the movies rather okay. than to any TV shows. But I'm, I saw the trailer yesterday for Jessica Jones. That looks pretty good as well. Yeah, it does. Look yeah, good. yeah. Looking I mean, it's that. about a girl, so whatever. But I guess <laughs> I'll probably watch it. She's, oh. not, she's easy on the eyes. We laugh because we think he's joking, but actually he's serious. Yeah. Uh, let's get the quiz underway then, Dave. Your specialist subject is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Joseph, if you will. Super fan. Versus states. Now, what would you say? This isn't a question, by the way. This is... Well, it's a question, but it's not a quiz question. You know what I mean. Yeah. What would you say, Dave, the Marvel films are best known for? Um, Brain-dead fun, I think. I would say <laughs> they're best known for popularising the post-credit scene. Oh, yeah. The Easter egg. And on that subject... And I'm going to ask you to go first here, Dave. Please tell me what happens in the post credit scene in Iron Man 2. Oh, my God. A basic description is fine. I don't need dialogue. But just briefly describe what happens in the post credit scene at the conclusion of Iron Man 2. 
Lord. Um, is it Phil Coulson in the desert saying he's found Thor's hammer? Or is it Iron Man 1? That is right. correct. Well done, Dave. You're on the board. 1-0. Wow. He knows Agent Coulson's first name. <laughs> Phil Coulson. Uh, only because I watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. Oh, uh, okay. Joe. Yeah, buddy. What happens in the post credit scene in the original Thor? In the original Thor, the post credit scene is um, Loki um, is in some kind of underground bunker. Uh, his, 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 his box and staff get discovered by Phil Coulson. You can steal for a point, Dave. Is it... Um, Coulson talking to Eric Selvig about the founder Tesseract and Loki's uh, sort of listening in the background? Yes, that's near enough. Nick Fury's actually in the scene as, as well, but... Uh, I feel like I was pretty close on that one. No, I don't yeah. think you were. You, you, the key thing is you didn't mention Dr. Eric Selvig. That's the key detail. He's, he's, he's the main character Stellan in that Stellan Yes. Uh, Dave, you are 2-0 up. Fantastic. Your final question related to post-credit scenes. What happens in the post-credit scene at the conclusion of Captain America, the first Avenger? Um... Is it Stark? It's obviously Stark's dad, so Howard Stark, in a submarine searching for things, saying they found it. Joe, you can steal. Do we find out what uh, what happened to his buddy? Uh, is the 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 guy who becomes the Winter Soldier? No. Okay. All right. Great. Foreshadowing the Avengers, Steve Rogers is hanging out at a gym in New York City when he's approached oh. by Nick Fury, who relays Rogers with an assignment with the fate of the world in jeopardy. Oh, okay, wow, exciting post-credit sequence. You know, sometimes <laughs> I'm on a date and I leave the theater. They, I don't, they don't want to wait around. They've already sat through two hours and twenty minutes of nerd stuff, and I gotta get home. Joe, your final question related before the kettle gets cold, if you know what I mean. Related to post-credit scenes, and I want to be clear here. I'm talking post-credits, not mid-credits, because there Jeez. is a difference. Okay, fucking hell. All right. Joe, what happens in the post-credits scene in Guardians of the Galaxy? Guardians of the Galaxy post-credits scene is... Okay, so I remember both things that you're talking about. I'm glad you specified, because one of them is Howard the Duck escaping from the Collector. I'm going to accept that as your answer. It is indeed the Howard the Duck gag at the end of Guardians okay. of the Galaxy. Uh, so now we go to the trivia question round, and Dave leads two points to one. Dave, when Samuel L. Jackson was originally cast as Nick Fury, how many movies was he contracted to? You know, Dave's parked, you know how Dave's parked in his car on the side of the road? What if I put up an ad on Craigslist real quick and just told someone <laughs> where he's at? He got a little knock on the window. Yeah. Uh, I think it's something ridiculous. Is it seven? Instead of a, instead of a uh, step C ticket, he could win a hep C ticket. <laughs> Joe, are you going to steal for a point? Uh, it is. I'm sorry. What's the question again? I was thinking about cottaging. Samuel L. Jackson, when he was cast as Nick Fury, how many movies was he originally contracted to? Ten. You were closer than Dave, though. It was nine. Nine! Ah! I should get nine-tenths of a point or something. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Joe, your question. Yeah. How did Jon Favreau come to the attention of producers as a potential director for Iron Man? Uh, because they love the movie Elf. Dave, do you know when conversations began? Um, I, no, I don't know. I don't. Is it? Is it uh, no, no, no idea. Interestingly, he started talking to Marvel bosses during the filming of Daredevil, in which he played Foggy Nelson. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Never, okay. Never saw that one. Never will. Dave, whose movie pitch helped shape the early films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? This is according to Marvel's president of production, Kevin Feige. Who's... So I, a director came to them with a pitch okay. for a movie. Who was the director? What was the movie? 
Is it? Is it Joss Whedon for Avengers? Joe, you can steal. Okay. Um, hmm, who else was involved in all this stuff at the beginning? Uh, Sam Raimi for Spider-Man 6. In 2006, Edgar Wright came to them with the pitch oh, for Ant-Man. Oh, that makes sense. Yes. Wow. Okay, well, here's the thing. Dave currently leads 2-1. Okay. Joe, let's see if you can get your final question correct. Here we go. Let's make this interesting. <laughs> what is the only Marvel Cinematic Universe movie? And remember, this excludes X-Men and the Spider-Man films. Right. This is the MCU universe, yep. which is the only movie of that ilk that Disney doesn't currently own the distribution rights to. Okay. Cool. All right. Let's go with. Oh. Ah, yes, I'm gonna go with uh, the Incredible Hulk. Is correct, which is currently owned by Universal. Oh God. Which means <laughs> I am straddling the line to virginity here. It's one <laughs> foot in and one foot out. Of course, you know, Paramount did control some of those early movies, but then uh, Disney bought the rights. Um, so here we go. We're going to the tiebreaker. And this is going to be a who guesses closer. And, David, I'm going to allow you to go first. When Marvel decided that they wanted to start actually making movies themselves and wanted to create Marvel Studios, they obviously had to raise some money. How much money, how much financing did Marvel raise at the beginning to create their own studio. Can I ask a question before before Dave answers? Because yes, I think it's course. fair. Uh, is this closest or closest without going over? Closest full stop. Okay. I don't think it was a lot, because I don't think we were expecting a lot. Um, the initial financing, and this is back in the mid-2000s. 50 million. I'm going to go low. Oh, uh, jeez. Now I think that I can box him out here mathematically. <laughs> I'm going to say, I think it was closer to a billion, but I'm going to say 150 million. The correct answer was yeah. $525 million, oh, and God, that okay, means <laughs> Joe has won Superfan versus Stapes for the no. first time in what seems like it's months. It's been a really long time. I, hey, man, I give you a lot of credit, though, for picking something that I actually would have a chance. <laughs> But the main, the main thing is, Dave, while you do not get the Step C ticket worth 27 euros, you do get the Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt. And well, let's be honest, thing. that's why you entered the game, right? Absolutely, yes. Um, oh, good for you! I'm going to play poker in my league on a Tuesday night with a t-shirt and brag about how I lost to Stapes. <laughs> I love the way you said that half convinced like yeah that's something I really want to tell people well he's on a list of like three people total in the world that I've ever beaten at anything so <laughs> I mean that's something I guess Dave thank you very much for taking part in the game and enjoy the t-shirt no problem thank you very much and stay parked there till at least 1230 or so because I got a surprise coming for you great that's thanks So, James, there's one other uh, super fan submission that I think might have got by you. Uh, he did hashtag at EBT Not Live. I, I assume it got by you because I feel like you would have brought it up. But So I did some streaming this week, and I streamed uh, this game called Rocket League with my roommate. And there are a lot of uh, EBT Not Live fans that watch. And this guy named Daniel Waters uh, wrote in after the fact. He's like, I want to be a super fan. I was like, dude, just apply the normal way or I'll forget this conversation ever happened. And he did. He said, spoke in your stream last night about super fanning guy who sold his PS4, his specialist subject, The Great Escape. I and like the sound of this as a specialist subject. There was another guy who was considered as well who suggested the WWE post-2000. And obviously what we did here with, uh, with Dave, and I think we'll try and do in future weeks, is try and go for specialist subjects where at least you've got a shot. Yeah, I, don't, I pretty much checked out of WWE slash F or somewhere in the mid-90s, but I'm not unaware of, you know, sort of the characters and some of the storylines, so I'm down to do John Cena! Uh, to do some of that stuff. God, uh, I love that meme. Well, crucially, we won't need to pick another superfan for another two weeks because there will be no 
EPT Not Live next week because Joe's going to be in the States celebrating Thanksgiving. I'm going to be in Toronto at the premiere of the Daniel Negreanu documentary, Kid Poker. So we will not be able to record a show. But the following week, which is the first week of December, there'll be a brand new episode of the show. And for that, I will hire a new super fan and get a good subject. Can you uh, do me a favor? Can you just try to take some, get some tape while you're at uh, Kid Poker? Just uh, something we can play on the show, some kind of short little video or blog or just a soundbite, something, so we have a little piece of what happened in Canada. I know uh, we'll I'll, get a full report from you. Sure, but... I'll placate you and say I'll try. Yeah. You're not... um, I'm more of the guy to take my camera out and like shoot a bunch of stuff when we're out on a red carpet or whatever. But if you could just get like a little quote from Daniel something, I think that'd be fun to plan sure. the show next I, week. I will do my best. So since we're not doing a show next week, does that mean we have, we'll have an entire heat of we Shark will. Cage to cover? So it's basically the final heat. It's the Ivy heat. It's basically Phil Ivy, uh, Sean Aston. We've already mentioned those two guys. You've got Vanessa Selbst, Faraz Jaka, uh, Artem Litvinov who's always a laugh. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a really fun heat, the final heat, and we'll have two shows, which you can watch at youtube.com slash PokerStars to discuss next time we record this show. And, of course, that's all the time we've got for this week, guys. I'm so sorry I did not get to the London School of Economics talk, but we'll I will. save it for two weeks, Two right? weeks from now, I will definitely talk about that. Uh, that's it, guys. i got to get out of here. they got to use this room for something. There's a lot of computer equipment in here. For James Hardigan, I'm Joe Stapleton. Smell you later.